always loved Brisbane. Mm. It's um, it's like coming home, I guess. Um, a lot of the members in the company are actually from Queensland. Um, myself, I'm from far northern Queensland, uh, a little place called Mission Beach. And uh, so coming to Brisbane is sort of the closest port for a lot of friends and family to get to come see my show. Um, yeah, I love being here. Yeah. Uh, and Mission Beach, uh, growing up in Mission Beach, what was that like? Because it's a beautiful place. Yeah, well, you know, it's... I, it's a slice of paradise, that's for sure, you know. It's where the Great Barrier Reef meets, the, um, you know, this wild rainforest. So it's it's a really unique part of the world and um, somewhere I always make sure I get back to each year to reconnect and ground myself. Because mm, uh, up that particular area, the culture, Indigenous culture, is pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a mission um, where everyone was brought to yeah, around Mission Beach um, from the surrounding areas, Tully, Innisfail, um, and Kennedy, and then um, big cyclones sort of came through in the early 1900s, which they had to evacuate everyone to Palm Island from there. Um, and um, I guess not too many blackfellas in that that area anymore. I, I mean, there's a lot of fellas in Tully and whatnot, but not so much in the Mission Beach area. Mm. I think a little bit spooked. Yeah, but, but I was yeah I was fortunate enough to be brought up in the northern parts of um, Mission Beach, North uh, North Mission and Bingle Bay. Oh, beautiful! And uh, did you learn much about Aboriginal culture growing up? Um, I guess um, my father was constantly uh, hunting and gathering for us. He was, you know, li- we were living from the sea. Um, he also ran the uh, stinger net, which was uh, his job was to bring the stinger net in and out uh, for six months of the year. So that was our big drag net. Um, in terms of culture, yeah, we did do a bit of um, uh, stuff out at Mariapa um, with a um, mob out there when I was younger. But it was mainly just school-based things. So I wasn't a part of a dance uh, mm. crew or um, I wasn't learning my dances or my language, um, just, uh, you know, broken sort of mm. stuff. So I guess my main reason for moving to Sydney, to going to NASA, was to uh, connect to my culture through dance because that that's uh, how I like to express myself was through dance. And before we get on to dancing, uh, back on the fishing again uh, in that particular <laughs> area because I love Mission Beach and the fishing, uh, th- there are certain areas that you can still see that were used in traditional ways where there's the, the big rock pools that were yeah. made where the tide comes in and yeah. tide drops and so on. So that's that's pretty important to see that culture still. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, there's still a lot of, lot of spots that, um, yeah, sort of uh, near the, the jetty, uh, the Clump Point Jetty, there's yeah, a few little fish traps around that area. And, um, yeah, there's um, a lot of stories that are still going around. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I did feel very, growing up in Mission Beach, I did feel isolated from my people, even though it was half an hour away to Innisfail or to Tully, being the only Indigenous um, family in the area. Um, yeah, I'd sort of, uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I wasn't surrounded by my people as much as, my cousins in in Innisfail and that, so I, I, it's something I really try, try to seek out. But my father was always yeah on the on the reef fishing, and um, bringing us back you know the stuff from the land. The good catch. The good catch. <laughs> the crayfish and yeah, Ooh. and all the beautiful coral trout. Wanaga Blanco joins me from Bangara Dance Theatre and tell us about your first time that dance came to you. I guess it was. Um, like a lot of dancers, is Michael Jackson, <laughs> and mimicking Michael Jackson on on the TV, watching Rage, um, and then I, you know, and then I realised that I had a lot of family involved. I had Raymond Blanco and Sylvia Blanco and Graham Blanco um, doing this sort of contemporary Indigenous fusion, and they were all studying at Nays the Dance College, which is the National Aboriginal and Islander Skills Development Association in Sydney. 
and that began in 79 and that was basically uh you go there and you learn uh, ballet and contemporary forms of dance but also you are able to immerse yourself in traditional dances from and culture from all over this country um uh, at the particular time that my um yeah my uncles were there they were heavily influenced by the Mornington Island dancers which is where my name comes from Wanaga meaning the pelican at the leader of the at the leader of the pack and so um i yeah i i found myself at Nasda all these years later as well because of um i guess i had this path that was trodden before me from my uncles and my aunts and um dance has always been a way of storytelling for our people and um and that's how i connected to 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 our culture through it, dance was it hard to connect to that though because uh you know from michael jackson to yeah. to culture <laughs> yeah. i mean that's a big step and then to say to yourself hey you know what i want to take this further yeah yeah well it wasn't the culture that really drew me in the first it was just the, the love of dance it was me wanting to show off in front of my family and get a, attention at their christmases and birthday parties and uh, what, what not so yeah i the, my first dance class i remember i was dropped off by a family friend at the Alarish town hall and I was dropped off into this room of all these girls and tutus and, <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? And they said, well, you're just, just going to hang out here for, you know, an hour and a half. We'll come pick you up again and, um, you know, we'll see you on your way. And I was going, okay, sure. So they, they sort of invited me to join in and I was the only guy in the, in the room, but I, um, I had a ball <laughs> and yeah, I had a really good time. And then I, they, so I sort of went back for the next three years, just doing dance classes, uh, uh, modern they call it and yeah basically I was just uh, mimicking Michael Jackson for the next three years and um, yeah and that really gave me my age for performance and I think I was pretty hooked from that point. Yeah I suppose you didn't really know it but you were exposing yourself to other dance forms yeah which obviously made you think hey I can do that as well yeah you know yeah. so you were changing your style yeah I absolutely suppose. evolving my style evolving uh, yeah absolutely and um I think my yeah, my body is uh, some of my experiences, my life experiences, and I think I'll, my dance will always evolve and change with with who I become and who I am. Is it still changing now? Absolutely, this very moment we speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, I I think um you find different strengths in in yourself and you work at your weaknesses and it's just constantly um chipping away at it. Yeah, perfection. Uh, and going to the academy, what what was that like? First day, it would have must have been daunting as well. Yeah, absolutely. I hadn't been. I'd never been surrounded by so many blackfellas, you know. <laughs> it was um, it was exciting, it was daunting, it was all these um, creative, um, talented, um, driven young black people and I'd never been exposed to it and we were all thrown into this place, this big metropolitan place called Sydney, you know. Sydney for me was like New York. Yeah, it would have been yeah. a shock. I never thought I'd make it south of the border. So <laughs> to be in a place like Sydney was just mind-blowing and yeah to be with so many talented people who wanted to do the same thing was really it was really a, a change a shift in my my perception of what um the world is and how i could live in this world and how i could exist and, and just explain how you know someone like yourself gets involved with the academy i mean do you have to put in a audition tape or yeah. something like that how did that work for you yeah so it's a uh you go in for a two-week audition process or well, it was uh, 14 years ago I think it's a week now, but uh, yeah, you go in and it's an intensive um, sort of two weeks of going and doing ballet classes for an hour and a half and the contemporary and drama classes and and then you do some cultural dance. At the time we had some Yongul dancers down from northeast Arnhem Land in Yudhikala 
and yeah, we were taught traditional dance and uh, Torres Strait Island dance, some Arab. And so that was two, you know, it would, so it's like six hours of dancing solid a day and then getting to know each other. And, um, and I sort of, they sort of just pick who they think is, was right. And I was just, I remember getting my acceptance uh, letter and just, yeah, I was in tears. I was just so overwhelmed that I was, yeah, I, I knew that this was going to be a big shift in my life and things were never going to be the same again. Yeah, did somebody take you under their wing uh, and guide you through that process for the two weeks? Um, I guess there were a lot of teachers that um, had an association with my family, so there was. Um, oh, so so they heard the rumor. Yeah, they heard that <laughs> the yeah. Christmas parties and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I well, and the funny thing is, back in 1983, when I was born at this Naysda hostel where mm. all the students were living. A few of the teachers at Naysda were there when I was born, so they, oh yeah. wow! So I wasn't getting uh, golden child treatment, but they they were looking after me, and and they knew that this must have been um, an important part of my path. So they were really helping me out. People like Monica Stevens, uh, Gary Lang, um, Ronnie Arnold, Paul Saliba, these were all very um, important and integral characters who supported me through my years at Naysda. I'm speaking to Wanaga Blanco from Bangara Dance Theatre. And uh, your time dancing too, after you've just you know, got this piece of paper accepting you into Naysda, where did you go from there? Um, so I was, I'd just been one year out of high school and I was living on the Gold Coast, working bartending and stuff. And as you do when yeah. you're a professional dancer. Yeah, and and <laughs> as and so I, yeah, I got the the notice, and I had uh, I guess uh, five weeks before I had to start doing, be in Sydney to start doing classes. So I sort of told my my boss that um, <laughs> I'm going to be a professional dancer, and he sort of went, "Well, good. I'm glad you're going to get paid for it," because <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I've been doing too much of it for free at the bar. And so, yeah, I shot off down to Sydney and they set me up with some housing in Sydney. And, um, yeah, that was the beginning, I guess. So it's the beginning of, of being... Of, of, of doing the th- um, my, my three-year three study of, to get my diploma of dance. And, and those three years, did they fly pie? Yeah, they did. They were very jam-packed with um, classes and travelling um, to different areas, um, one being northeast Arnhem Land. Um, to the people, the Yongle people, and learning dances up there, and also going to Arab in the Torres Strait, which is um, uh, next to my home island, which is Murray Island. And then, um, yeah, we just, um, they went by really quickly. We would only do an uh, end of year performance, which went for like three hours. <laughs> it's like an hour of Aboriginal, hour of Torres Strait Island dance, and then an hour of contemporary. Um, and then we, yeah, and then we'd have a mid-year show as well. So we had our, we were getting performances out there as well and building up the skill of performing in front of an audience, which is a whole other thing, um, as opposed to just uh, to being in the rehearsal space. Yeah, did, did you realise you were going to be doing that much dancing, that much work? No way. You no thought, way. thought it might be breezy yeah. sort of thing? I guess so. you can romanticise the lifestyle, mm. but you don't realise that your body is always going to be sore now. You know, you're always going to be like wanting to stretch yourself out because you're constantly working this vessel mm. and uh, um, yeah I had no idea but you know at the same time it doesn't feel like that much when you're when you're doing what you love you know when you're sweating and you, if you don't even realize it and you you know you're ripping bits of clothing off because it's just like um, you know you can get like a, a sweat pool in, in the studio sometimes but you just love what you're doing and you don't you don't realize yeah and the good thing you were getting exposed to other forms of aboriginal dance yeah 
So, and yeah. that again, part of your development, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, and all on the path to me, you know, going back home to learn my own dances and songs. And where's the um, strangest place you've you've danced as part of you know being uh, a, a you know a student and also you know professional dancer? Uh, I think there's a story about you at Yurikala on a football field. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's um yeah we um. As part of Bangara's um, touring schedule, we always try to get back to communities. Mm. It's always um, about giving back to our people. And so we, each time we do these regional tours up north, we go to Yitakala because we have a great bond and relationship with the Manyaran family up there, the Marikas. Um, and so we set up a stage on the footy field in Yitakala. It was actually on the basketball courts but they all sit on slash the, football the, slash the, yeah. snipple <laughs> and the, and so and um yeah and you can't really sit, no one really sits that close to the stage you, they, you, everyone sort of sat off into the darkness on the corners <laughs> of the football field you know but um and you got car like headlights sort of facing onto the stage you got camp dogs walking across the stage sniffing some of the sniffing the dancers it's it's quite funny it's quite comical but um that's been one of my f- most beautifully weird places that I've ever performed, you know. At the same time, you you got the beach just there, you got Rangi Beach, just you can hear the waves lapping and you can see a sky full of, you know, of stars and it's a truly magical place up there. And, yeah, and that was, I think, performed on that, performed on that basketball court about, Three, two, three times now, and each time it's just it presents itself differently. More it's, dogs, it's, more dogs. Yeah, <laughs> the word gets out. Wanaga <laughs> Blanco joins me from Bangara Dance Theatre. How did you get involved with Bangara? I was in my third year at NASDA before um, Stephen Page had come and seen a show, an end of year performance, and um, the three hour performance. One, one of the three hour performances, yes, and he. Um, approached me and said that he would like, yeah, just to um, keep up the good work and to keep doing what I'm doing, and which was really encouraging. And uh, I, I didn't know if I wanted to join Bangara, if I wanted to join a white contemporary company. And, the, um, yeah, and then it was at a Christmas party of theirs, actually, and then we're doing some line dancing. And, <laughs> and, and Stephen, it was like a country-themed party, and Stephen approached me and just said, hey, do you want a contract for next year? Well, you can't say and no said, to that. I said that was my first country dancing class. I've never, I've never done that before. Are you sure? And and he's like, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think I just want to throw you in the deep water and see if you can, you know, see how you go. So, all right, good one. We'll did, see how we go. Did you know much about Bangara then? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. I've been aware of Bangara's presence since um, my initial spark in dance was. Um, my initial spark for dance was like sort of ignited when. Um, AIDT was happening with Raymond Blanco as artistic director, the Aboriginal Islander Dance Theatre, which sort of began just before Bangara, and then that sort of faded out before Bangara sort of took off in 91. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. But over those 10 years now that you've spent with Bangara, you've obviously met some other great deadly dancers within Absolutely. the troupe. Yeah, um, amazing dancers. Let's talk about a young lady, Deborah Brown. Deborah was supposed to be with us today. Unfortunately, she's a little bit ill. Uh, but she has an amazing story and background as well. Incredible, yeah, absolutely. She's a um, proud... Uh, she was her parents of... Her mother is of Bardu Island descent and Meriam Mare. And her father is from Edinburgh. Uh, so, um, yeah, he's Scottish and... Uh, Deborah joined the company maybe three years before me, so she's on her thirteenth year or fourteenth year, and um, yeah, 
she's a that's an interesting background. She's a gorgeous woman. Mm. Does, yeah. does she, you know, embrace the Scottish sort of side Absolutely. of it with the Highland fling yeah, as part of a dance? We both actually. My mother's Scottish, also, was, you know, second generation Australian, but she's a, of Scottish heritage also. So we both have this beautiful running parallel with our with our heritage. Um, yeah, Deborah really is proud of both um, of all her heritage, all the beautiful the blood that runs in her veins, and she's from a beautiful family. She, uh, Sister Angie is um, a journalist, photo. I mean, a TV presenter, um, and well known. And um, but Deborah holds her own, and um, all her creative endeavors. Maybe her being a dancer or a filmmaker. Which you know, she did a film with Bangara um, a couple of years ago, a short film called Dive. And um, generally, just a, a beautiful person as well. Mm. You know, and a strong senior member of the company who a lot of the women um, look to for inspiration and um, guidance. And Deborah's definitely got a lot of experience up her sleeve, yeah. She goes above and beyond, and she, like me, really um, was attracted to the theatre in Bangara Dance Theatre. Um, it's something, you know, we're both cinephiles, but we love we love to bring... Uh, we love the drama. We love, um, yeah, not just uh, doing dance for dance sake, but... Um, having our movement tell a story, and that's um, yeah, that's the theatre for us that we really enjoy. I'm, I'm joined by uh, Wanaga Blanco from Bangara Dance Theatre now, both both in Brisbane and with your whole troupe at the moment. So Deborah Brown and, and yourself, what's your dance relationship in this new production, Law? Uh, our, our relationship together. Yeah, as dancers. Uh, oh, as dancers. Yeah, well, um, we both decided to dance in our own work because. We just we gotta we gotta keep doing it while we can, I guess. Our bodies are able, and uh, we just thought we could help push the story with um, um, with knowing what we wanted. So um, uh, Deborah and I, our relationship over the past ten years has we've always been on stage couple. We've had this really strong on stage relationship. Stephen seems to think that we have a great chemistry, which I believe we do, and um, it, it reflects on stage. In this work. Um, yeah, there's a bit of dancing with Deborah. Um, I guess um, we present uh, the st- story as a community sort of shifting through the life and the day on the Torres Strait. And um, yeah, I guess Deborah and I sort of threw each other with each other, um, threw ourselves together for a lot of the partnering stuff. Um, and Deborah leads a lot of the women's stuff, and as I do with the men's, with the men's st- strictly ensemble ensemble stuff for the men's. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for somebody who's going to see Law, what would they be expecting? Lots of singing, smiles, sunshine. You know, in a dark theatre. <laughs> um, we, you know, we have uh, we've supposed to condense this all into a thirty-five minute work, and we wanted to look at the day and the life of the Torres Strait. You know, we're set in this store called the Ibis, which is the Island Board of Industry Services, and it's a chain of stores in the Torres Strait Islands and what we are basically going to look at in the theatre is us going from the morning through to the evening and um, small vignettes of island life. What grabbed us when we were up there and visiting? We had the fortune of going up there again last year and hanging out with our families and um, listening to stories, you know, that was our main objective was to sit down and just listen to stories and what, what sort of caught us and so yeah, over the 35 to 40 minutes that you see you'll um yeah get a um a little sneak peek into what we 
what we enjoyed and what we we really took from the islands. Um, yeah. Have you, have you noticed a, a strength from Torres Strait Islanders at the moment uh, with Cairns Indigenous Art Fair, the, the amount of art that was on display and, and culturalness uh, from the communities, Badu and so on, uh, law, as we're talking now, and, and everything like that, Mal Power and his album. Yeah. T.I. is really getting on the map at yeah, the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's some really exciting stuff happening. Absolutely. Amazing artists. Uh, um, I'm actually jamming up in my thought process, but there's an incredible. Um, incre- uh, there's a Bardo artist. Um, is one of the most famous of them, but they're doing some great print stuff, really intricate mm. sort of art. And Mal Power, yeah, absolutely. Patty Mills, pa- uh, Patty Mills, of course, yeah. You know, forgot about him. Yeah, um, doing the premierships last year, and and you know still continuing to make waves over there. Um, and yeah, which I think we just have a really rich. Um, trove of stories to be told and a really deep barrel of yeah, culture that we um people are, are finding other ways to express themselves through like whether it be their art is dance or drawing or singing it's um yeah it's really it's really exciting to, to see and be a part of at this time yeah contemporary Torres Strait and Aboriginal art world after law what happens to yourself and what happens to Deborah Brown where do you guys go oh we finished yeah we, we wrapped this up in about for six weeks, we've got Brisbane, and then we finish in Melbourne, and we finish at the beginning of August in Melbourne, and then we have a week before we shoot off to Istanbul. Wow. Yeah, and we're going to do two weeks over there, and then go to Paris, and we'll have um, a week in Paris as well. Um, so it's pretty exciting. Mm. Um, it'll be my second time back to Paris, but um, yeah, that'll be up there, better three-week period before we come back and then we sort of hit the um hit the country here so we're doing a regional tour which will cover bases from uh townsville gladstone gold coast uh, lismore griffith orange um yeah so and then we finish the year um doing a retrospective of an uh, old work or landmark work for bangara which is called ochres which is um yeah um, going to be really exciting. It's going to be a week season at the Carriage Works. So we're sort of um, yeah bringing that back and reshaping it and putting it back into um, back into theatres. And and then oh sorry and also in Adelaide um, Film Festival this film that Stephen Page <coughs> uh, directed called yeah. Spear is yeah, going yeah, to yeah. be premiered, mm. and which is really exciting. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. and just uh, sorry. Finally, another question. Um, Istanbul, Paris. How do they embrace Bangara and 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 the culture? It it just seems a bit, you know. How do they connect? Uh, the, um, I guess it, they. Uh, I mean, they, the Europeans love us. They really do. Yeah, that's what I'm trying they to find just, out why. They, they just. Um, I think they just have a really a real appreciation for all other cultures, as they you know, these countries are surrounded. Some of these countries are surrounded or bordered by six or seven other countries. You know, so there's. Um, I guess there's a f- uh, acceptance and a, a, a real open arms to other cultures and what they can get and learn from these other cultures, which is really beautiful and endearing to see when you're over there. And the standing ovations we get, it's just, it's, um, I was almost going to say embarrassing, but it's not. <laughs> We're proud. And, yeah, and yeah, should be. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, the Germans, they really eat it up too. But, yeah, I I think it's just a real, um, yeah, they're exposed to many cultures and so... So sort of in their genetics to just take in others.